0: you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording
1: and lines are now closed
2: writings of the promised messiah alai salam in order to establish the oneness of god it is of utmost importance that one should love god to one's full capacity and this love cannot be verified unless it reaches its perfection in a practical form it cannot be proved with lip profession you know If somebody just talks of sugar, he cannot find the taste of sweetness in his mouth. Or, if somebody expresses the feeling of friendship, but does not help his friend in times of need, he cannot be called a true friend. Likewise, if somebody just talks of the oneness of God, but does not love him as he should, it cannot be of any avail. What I really mean is that practice is very important along with the precept that is why it is necessary that you should dedicate your lives in the way of God and this is the real Islam for which I have been sent to the world thus he who does not come near this fountain that God has made to flow is very unfortunate.
3: Storm clouds forwarding us of a third world war are getting heavier by the day the effects of such a war would last for decades to come. Generation after generation of children would more than likely be born crippled or with genetic defects due to the lasting effect of the radiation. Thus, it is the urgent need of the time for mankind to work towards safeguarding our future.
2: A new station,
1: The Voice of Islam, with live discussions religion and culture understand the true teachings of islam with the voice of islam
0: hello and welcome may the peace and blessings of god almighty be upon you all you have joined us for another episode of saturday morning live i am usman chazad and with me in the studio are my co-presenters mudabbar khalid and shams najam now this is a live an interactive program it's your saturday morning live so do call us get involved be part of our conversation. We're going to have a very interesting conversation today. The first half of the show, we will just be catching up about different news stories that have caught our eye and different things that have happened during the week. And then our main topic will be parenting. Uh, and Mudaber will be delving more into that topic in the second half of the show. Like I said, it is your show. Do get involved. Be part of our conversation. 208 7878 That's 208 0208- six eight seven seven eight seven eight or you can um tweet us at voice of islam UK Shams Mudaber, Assalamu alaikum may the peace and blessings of God be upon you all
4: Aksam oh, alaikum I just how don't like how you threw that on me though. No but this but was I'm your diving
5: th- into that topic. No but this is your why should I drown? Because Because you're no. the most recent parent <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, it's me. You just completely forgot about it.
0: You just, uh, <laughs> <completely forgot laughs> just haven't thought <laughs> have like, two, two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, because this was your idea. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this no, topic was your
4: idea. It's my idea, but I know I'm not the only parent. Um, Hopefully not the only parent listening as well, so please, uh, this show will be a lot better and interactive and interesting if uh, we do get callers in as we did have a couple of weeks ago it's around a similar topic not exactly the same but yeah 0208 if you can uh, we will be talking about parenting um, and yeah, in the second half of the show so it's been a while we've not been in the studio together
5: how yeah. have you guys been w- what's what's new um no it's good it's, it's, it's good to be back here, actually um for a while we oh. were we were doing this over over uh while sitting at home and working from home, type, but it's it's nice to be back in mm. with you guys. I haven't sat here with you guys for a while actually, but it's good. Um, I feel like
4: the last couple of times we've had shows with you has just been over the
5: phone. Yeah, you've been over the phone. That's what you live. I've in. been working from home.
4: You working from well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
5: home? No, it's good. I, the the clip you just played as well, and um, you know what we see around the world at the world moment happening clip. with World War Three and <coughs> the issues that sh- we were just talking. Uh, myself and about 10 other guys were going to visit Poland in a few weeks and the main reason to visit Poland well myself and but here we went to a concentration camp in just outside of Berlin Sachsenhausen um, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about five six years ago now maybe and it was a real real eye-opener um, Sachsenhausen Sachsenhausen, yes yep. And there was a real eye-opener actually um, To the realities of what actually took place I mean, you hear the stories And and actually, sadly um, You know, we always hear stories of people dying Like re- recently, um, just a couple of days back You know, the kids In Who got massacred um, And we all we, Some, you know, you Absolutely you don't become immu- immune to it, but sometimes you 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 become numb to reading these things. Like yeah. it doesn't give you that shock levels or at, at the same. I mean, of course, it's still sh- always shocking and sad. But you know, being there when we went to the one in Berlin, really, because you go with a tour guide, right? Mm. And they really highlight to you exactly what had happened, what happened and yeah. how the people there were treated and the origins of you know the camp and how it's evolved and whatever. And so i'd always wanted to go to poland and visit auschwitz um and you know just really see that kind of memorial and really understand what had happened so we, a group of us about a month or two ago um yeah a good 11 of us just got together and said yeah let, let's go let's go and and um and it was mainly it is for that reason that we're going to 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 learn a little bit about the history of the war um how these camps were used and you know what
4: let me can I ask you so, so <coughs> uh, as you mentioned me and you and my cousin no sorry friend way but also a co-presenter and my brother we went to Saskenhausen in Berlin I want to ask what was the most hardest hitting bit for you of that concentration camp <clears throat> like what did you take was the biggest takeaway from that
5: one thing that always sticks with me is actually I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the prisoners and it was the deception that the deceit around that time with these prisoners like for example the one thing that stands with me all the time is that they told prisoners that they were gonna go do a medical health check uh, yeah. and they showed us this room and um, there would be a part of the medical check where they would ask them to stand up against a wall and they were measuring their height or something along those lines um, actually, there's two things which really stand out to me. Anyway, so this is one of them. So they were standing up. And as they're sort of thinking their 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 height is getting measured or whatever, there's a hole in the wall. Uh, and they were just shot through that wall and killed. Mm. Um, that is one thing that really stood out. And, and the other thing was that the camp at the time was used. Um, so the prisoners in, 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 in that camp were... Basically, trialing or yeah, they were testing the shoes of sort of the army members at the time, and they were made to wear these boots that were being created by big companies, like just to check the sort of quality of these boots and 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 whatever. And basically, the way they would do it is that they would make the prisoners wear these boots and run, run, run around this um, their sort of courtyard, mm. and they would have to continue continuously run for hours until um and if they stopped they would basically be killed until the sole of the shoe was basically um what's it called it was like
4: S- um, sewn down like yeah killed, like, like, just like just the rubber went, they, 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 they
5: wanted to th- That's that was their method of testing and i just you know just that period mm. like how insane must that have been um, yeah,
4: you know, there's a few things that when we went there that are like kind of hard hitting, direct, impacting. Like when you see the toilets, mm. when you see the, the conditions they were living, conditions in. of the rooms that they were staying in. Very, very compact, very compact. There's mm. barely enough space for people to move around in. Yeah. But it's a room full of bunk beds, and that's how they're staying. But the biggest thing for me was, um, do you remember when we went to the Berlin Stadium? Mm. It was at night time. So we didn't get, get to see it during the day. Uh, we were only there for a few days, um, but we went to see the Berlin Stadium. And then, uh, when we were researching it, or someone mentioned it, or I reread it somewhere, I can't remember exactly. But the Second World War happened between when? Thirty-nine and
5: forty-five.
4: Thirty-six and forty-five. Thirty-nine and forty-five. Between thirty-nine and forty-five. Yeah. Let's get our facts right before. You
5: want to get that right before you actually go.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Thirty-nine to forty-five. So yeah, it was. But you know, so Nazism was around before that, right? Mm. And uh, the world was aware as well. Mm. So during the um, Berlin Olympics, that happened in nineteen thirty-six, mm. oh. there were forty-nine nations in Berlin, in the in, uh, around Berlin, um, taking part in the Olympics. But literally outside of Berlin, in the rest happening? of Germany, what was happening? So, Mm. Do you know how I find that so surreal that all these other nations were coming, taking part, nations that if they were to live there, be residents there, could potentially have been killed. Mm. But Berlin was still hosting this thing and uh, a part of it was to show um, how great uh, Hitler was because Hitler was reigning at the time. Um, but for me, that still, till this day, is like so shocking that all these countries, knowing what Germany was up to, maybe some of them didn't, know. I'm not too sure, but... I'm sure that the superpowers at that time would have known they still would send their olympic uh, olympians to berlin considering that's what the thing you know you, even time. now
0: it's like you, you never know what motivates people as in that you with your commitments with when it comes to like these sporting events or the financial uh, commitments to it makes you sometimes do things that are just you know are wrong, but you just have a commitment, and mm. financially you can't afford not to do it. Well, come and on. And there's then. a cu- there's a couple of things that we can talk about, yeah, yeah. and I even think now, for example, I give an example like Pakistan. There's some like serious serious floods in Pakistan. <laughs> Great, yeah, if you well. see, and but yet like when you see England cricket team is there, um, and they you know they're on tour, they're playing a game, and it's like you see the resources that are used to host them which mm-hmm. of course is it should be like that like a, t- a team has come to your country you host them you make sure the security is on point uh, the accommodation everything you make sure that you go far above and beyond to host them but it, I was watching the game thinking it's amazing series as well the England vs Pakistan series was amazing it was amazing, yeah. but it was like you can't help think that with all these resources that are being used for this
4: cricket match what the country is like in, in suffering Mm. The thing is that the world does have enough funds to yeah. solve all the yeah. issues in the world.
3: But there again, there are to, enough their, to their, to their, to, their to their
0: credit, they were still doing things like I remember it was like for every
5: six you hit, a thousand dollars will be yeah, uh, or every catch or whatever it was. The itself. thing is, you also got to remember as well. This is um, sometimes with sporting events, like when a when a when a country is so down, like you know mentally, it can lift them. Up. It can lift them, right? Yeah, yeah, Just have, have have something to take their mind off. Some of the difficulties they're going through, uh, and it does generate income as well. Yeah, of course you spend a lot, but yeah, it's um. So, but the crazy thing argument. is, someone, someone, someone in Pakistan. <laughs> one of my relatives called me, and we we're just talking about the Pakistan match
0: in England. an amazing series. He goes, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, it sucks because like on the final <laughs> over like our uh, electricity went and the load shedding started i was like yeah, we want to watch our country play man and you know, just got the electricity and then, uh, then I, I was like but then you might have seen the news that we might be going into blackout as well yeah so, yeah is, but you
4: know what even that i think that's just so they said that is the last 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 resort. that's if we run short of electricity if you run short of oil if you run short of gas that is the final, final resort. Scaremongering. Yeah, th- literally. My dad was like, "Listen, let's get let's get solar panels. Let's do it now." How do we get, <laughs> find some find me a contact right now to get this done? No, but do you, you feel know that be be you know like,
0: you know the media controls the narrative? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It could be that they they know that this might happen, and it's a element of just maybe preparing us.
4: Yeah, but you know the likelihood <laughs> of because that that look at the last great. No, but great. I'm saying look at
0: the last <laughs> two years. Yeah, mm. the likelihood of the before Brexit. I'm just saying. Mm. the likelihood of things running out of the shelves and the likelihood of there being a virus that shuts the whole world
4: down mm. that these things were, you that never think that yeah, these things t- will happen to be fair to, so to, to it's not really alien to think th- you know that that the we'll the, the, the virus thing people have been speaking about that for a while they're saying that something is going to come yeah, but this there was actually saying, quite so a few in lectures that, and in talks that, on in that.
0: that same way so it's is now not the narrative that this is this possible that we're going to run out yeah. of energy yeah and we might have to three hours a day is it, it three hours a day? I think so. Three hours a day. That's what they said. I
4: thought it was just a one-off. <laughs> 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 it was just one-off. I oh, cut my yeah, no like, no yeah, it's fine. Do that.
5: I don't mind. Three hours a day. I think that's <laughs> what they about playing. to walk out the studio look, <laughs> in search for solar panels. Um, there's no smoke without fire, is there? The rumours come from somewhere. And yep. it just shows the situation the country's in at the moment where we're having to sort of even think about. You know, that's unheard of. It's not something we would... Add, you, you hear about it in first world country and yeah exactly mm. you never think that it would it would it would come here and affect us like that do you, you?
4: know uh, i don't know if you guys have seen this but there's a clip from a few weeks ago <coughs> maybe about a month ago actually and it really took me back here yeah. took me like i was so um surprised that this like, something like this would happen in a country like ours mm. so you know this morning show with um yeah what's that guy's name W- Holly Willoughby and yeah, the other gentleman. Yes, the one. Yeah. So they've, like, sometimes they've got games and stuff. I don't know if you've seen this clip. Yeah. There's a game where a caller calls in, I mean, and, like, they have a chance to spin this wheel. Yeah,
0: yeah, spin uh, Yeah, I've seen have that. you seen that? Have you yeah. seen that? No,
4: it? I've never seen it. Bro, listen, if I tell you this, you think, is this actually our country? so spinning the wheel yeah Mm. you know normally when you spin the wheel you think of prizes I want to win this much money you win a holiday somewhere each
0: each like uh, potential so on the wheel there's just different categories Yeah. no but the categories are like from what I remember they're like money that you could win so like yeah. 100, 200, 300 like that it's okay. like different yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah obviously values. you know are spinning
4: the wheel the yeah. normal yeah. typical idea of spinning the wheel yeah. and it, whatever it yeah. lands on you that's get that's how much money you nice get. to know you lot are glued on the yeah. TV at 10am <laughs> <No. laughs> this was actually uh, I saw this on Twitter <laughs> working from home <laughs> <laughs> but imagine one of, the, uh, one of the prizes was have your energy bills paid for three months oh can you God. imagine yeah, but in this one time, of the I prizes like... is to keep your lights on is to have hot water it's not to keep your lights on. They've not put no, it. You've th- th- just twisted it. No, 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 just no, just no. no but <laughs> potentially, no, this, like even it. the guy yeah. was saying, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, thank you. It helps so much. It saves me so yeah, much that's money. True, that's okay, Yeah, that's true. Okay, it is true. But is this something that we should be winning as a prize when it should be a necessity? It should a basic human if, right to if you have water, to have energy. <sighs> mm. It's no, a basic right. human right
5: and then giving it out as a prize. Yeah, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, you you you're, you're going a bit deep, my yeah, you, you It's <laughs> obviously it's to help yeah. them because
4: obviously we're, okay, we're cool. in a any
5: prize is better than no
4: prize, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't I'm mind. Say,
0: no, but I'm saying in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't it's, be. No, I know. Nah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not taking your side. <laughs> you misunderstood what I'm about to say. I'm saying. <laughs> no, you in, agree with me. Thank nah, you. Let's move on. No, in these times where that is an issue, if someone's offered that as a potential prize, then. Yeah, great price. Yeah, but, it's like
4: yeah, but it shouldn't d- But you know, but
5: you, you, you know why that's obviously coming around because <coughs> they're saying this is the year where people are having to make a decision whether to keep their lights on or not to eat, right? So th- this energy crisis is leading people into poverty. Yeah, I so agree. Trying but just this shouldn't be this. St- but yeah, you're showing how country, how bad our state is. It shouldn't is. be. Th- yeah, it, that's I, not. Yeah. It
0: shouldn't be the state of affairs at all. Yeah, it's at crazy all. because a friend of mine, um, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago as well. He. <laughs> we met and he was like I've just been through an experience and he goes I can't you know sometimes when people ask for money or do something you're like in two minds you don't know whether it's a, like the guy's genuinely in need or is it a con or what is it Yeah, but obviously at the good will of your heart you give something he goes I was shopping just finished my shopping I left the shop and uh, this lady who seemed to be absolutely fine like she didn't look like she was in need or like she just said excuse me sir can you help me yeah, I can help you. He's like, "Can you please pay for my shopping?" And he stood there for a second. He goes, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll help you." And he goes, "She went shopping, and I paid for it." And he goes afterwards, I was thinking, w- "What just happened?" Because like she, it didn't feel like a con, whether it was or not. He goes, "I gave it for the right reasons," but it just led me to think that times are so bad. Like, we number. don't know. <laughs> send you his number, <laughs> but I'm saying we don't know. It's true. Like you people said, how yeah. how it's hitting people, like and. If you got kids at home, and I remember another friend of mine, it was so sad when I when I heard this. He goes, mm. he told me that he um, was struggling with regards to getting a job, and obviously that had a huge financial impact on him and his family, and he got a family, a couple of kids. And he goes, we as uh, adults, husband wife, realised that okay, we need to like like you said, cut down on our food intake. Um, so we did, but we never let the kids know now the kids were so clever they realised that like mum and dad are not eating properly and they're very young like these kids aren't 15 they're very young very young kids I think under the age of 5 they noticed that their parents stopped eating and they put two and two together and they stopped eating they're like we're not going to eat and he goes that that had such a mental wow. toll on my friend he honestly he couldn't that's eat that's yeah it, it's definitely a heartbreaker so it's th- that's what I'm saying so we don't know what people are going through like it's such a difficult time so where bills are everyth- everything's increasing in terms of prices so it's yes yeah, it's tough times man we can only pray that it's um but it's, w- it's one of those things that i was going to say when we mentioned these points that if it does go to a blackout honestly i, I remember when i was in liberia i had the chance to go to liberia and uh it was we went to this remote village it's blackout 24 7 yeah where there's no electricity no power no nothing mm. So in fact, we we had the opposite that the generator would turn on one hour in the day. Mm. In that one hour, you like charge your phones, charge your laptop, (laughs) do whatever you want to do. You got one hour. Yeah. So that one hour, we would charge our phones and laptop. Twenty-three hour blackout. But yeah, the rest of the time. But honestly, when I say that was the (laughs) most peace I've been at, Hmm. because this phone, although yeah, it's a luxury, it's connected us with our families, and you know we're, we're one. The world is one community. But when this turns off and you know that okay you need to rely on your social skills you need to rely on ultimately god mm-hmm. your everything's different your sleep is different your activities are different your prayers are different your so, you realize the need of god um and i feel like in 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 those type of conditions it's a lot i'm not saying that you know people who are wealthy they can't find god no of course you can like there are some people who are very well set up in their life and they're very spiritual and they understand they're very grateful but in those conditions it's a lot easier to <clears> fulfill <throat> fulfil our objectives which is to build a relationship with God
4: sure, let's Poland let's go Liberia <laughs>
0: honestly like, I went just before the um, Ebola crisis I remember yeah and uh, Liberia was it's a real eye opener because like even like for example water we like there was no running water so we had to get there were two water sources. One was there was a well outside our... In, in There was one well in the whole kind of village. So in the morning, everyone would go, line up, take your water. That would be your water supply for the day. Now, if at night time, so after sunset, if your water supply finishes, that's it. You can't go out because there might be snakes or whatever it might be. So it's not safe to go out. Other than that, you have water sashes. So one sachet, and those were drinking water. And the well, wa- the water we got from the well was just for like cooking, cleaning, whatever it was. So it was—it was, it was a real like eye-opening, and this is what I was gonna say actually. A lot of going on this trip—it sounds amazing, but I feel with—with—with with, with these experiences, like I just pray that it has a long-lasting effect. Of course, because yeah. like even in our lives, like we're Muslims. For example, the best example I can give is of the holy month of Ramadan. Mm. That month comes, everyone is so spiritual. Like there's something about that month. It's so such a blessed month. We're all so spiritual, but the further away we get from that month, the more the effect of that month like dies down. Uh, and it's like that with anything and, I, and I, that's what I'm saying I hope you lot have that's so why safe it's
5: important trip. to still remember these mm. things but one thing that's come to mind is actually we had our National Yushtama how do you translate the that Youth uh, Convention the National Youth, youth yeah, Convention yeah National Youth Convention just recently actually and there were quite a few amazing talks on there uh, during those few days one of the ones that stood out for me was the Existence Project by Review of Religions mm. And um, you actually, you're actually part of review of religion, so you'll you'll know you'll know this. And it was it was delivered by Sabahat. Um, Sabahat was a missionary um, from Canada. Yeah, uh, and it was a phenomenal talk, like the facts and just his his, his delivery in itself. Yeah, was, he's a really know, good speaker. Um, anyways, he, I don't want to do injustice to what he said, but um, yeah, he was obviously talking about you know happiness in the world and and. <coughs> Providing different sort of uh, providing evidence how like happiness is is not associated with these material things, and he comes from a very very rich. uh, He lives in a sort of very very sort of rich area, Mm -hmm. amongst sort of people are very wealthy, but still sees so much sort of poverty. And he was just saying like trying to find happiness, and um, at the time my question my question to him was which which I'll pose to you again was that as Muslims we believe and when we pray in our daily prayers towards the end of the prayer we pray that oh God oh God give us the benefits of this world as well as the hereafter right and part of the good of this world whatever God deems to be good for us part of that and as Muslims we're told is to find success also materially in this world right in the right way as long as it doesn't take you away from um, you know the the primary objective which yep. is which, which is your belief and your duties towards God but it's just like financially you do need to be sort of well set up to be sort of at least comfortable in a sense I think I was talking to you about yeah, I've yeah, spoken we have. to you about and this I previously and I actually thought of something I went through. it was good you brought this up Go yeah and, and, and I was just like if 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 if, if the youth look right now we live in a very materialistic world right Instagram social media and you always only want to see fast cars and and big houses right but if actually you're in a position where and I said this to you before like you can do well then you can use that wealth to really help others as well whereas if you're living below the poverty line all of a sudden everything to me at least seems like it's going to be that much more difficult that much harder yet for a person who's strong in faith will probably turn to faith more but would it not deter if are they not linked basically do you not also need to make sure you're financially well and like it's like prayers right like we're told the physical body also needs to be fit and strong as well as the mental and spiritual side because you need both hand in hand to sort of Walk through this life and be successful. The thing is, how, uh, I was thinking. Uh, you know, we had this conversation off air as well a couple of months ago,
0: and I and I thought afterwards, and I thought I would always tell you, and it's good you brought it up, mm. because, like this example you just gave, like you're right, our prayer is very much a spiritual practice, but it has a physical element to it as well, and obviously our souls and our bodies are are linked, but that shouldn't stop me from praying. So say I'm physically unfit. I wouldn't put a condition in my on the prayer that once I get fit mm. and my BMI levels are perfect, then I'll start praying. <laughs> mm. Because then you'll never pray. And I think it's the same with this thing as well. You're right. Like in there are some services, some sacrifices that require wealth. And then I know some people are in the mindset that I wish like I need to become more successful so that I can give more. And I've always and I thought about this so long and I thought actually the reality is it shouldn't be that way. It should be the other way around. Yeah. It should be that I'm going to commit to this. I don't have the money. I'm. I don't have the money to do this. But, I'm, God, I'm going to commit to this for your sake, and I'm doing it with pure intentions. So, provide me the means to fulfill this commitment. And there's many examples like we have schemes in our community, like the Tarika Jadeed mm. scheme, the Vakfi Jadeed scheme. These are different schemes that help different areas of the world, different. Um, uh, you can say less developed countries. Uh, to help build schools and hospitals and clinics and whatever the need of that country is. And there are many examples that His Holiness mentions when the year comes to an end, where people... Give low everything. salary, of a low salary, to, yeah, they give, yeah. and they commit like ridiculous amount, and then it comes to like one month left, and they're praying that like, God, i I committed this much, I promised this much, I don't have the means, and all of a sudden they get some source the of income means, from yeah. somewhere, and I've, that's why how I would answer this question as well is that you're right, we do need to achieve, even if you, even if you listen to His Holiness's um, last two addresses in USA, he's encouraged all of them. In fact, he had uh, sittings with students as well. That you should achieve for success you should achieve for greatness uh, you should try to be the best in your field but at the same time remember your core values remember righteousness the reality is that a lot of these fields now to you can't achieve anything without sacrifice hmm. you can't in, and there's no field so whether it's sports politics education whatever it is you cannot achieve greatness in that field without sacrifice but one thing you shouldn't sacrifice is your faith. And the sad reality is that people actually, the higher up they go in their roles, and this is not everyone, there are some people who very much, uh, the foundation of their careers are based on their faith and that's what allows them to succeed. But there are others, and the majority you will see, unfortunately there are so many distractions, so much politics sometimes, so much, you can say, influence of money and Agreed. greed. greed that you forget your sh- long term objectives of righteousness and you sometimes that uh, in in urdu we say that kira but that that Particular thing can be and in virus, your mind. That yeah. virus can go in your mind where you're like, okay, no, 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 I want to do this, but it, because when I, if I achieve greatness, then I'll be able to help. And no, there's no blessing. you sacrifice that. contingent yeah, upon yeah, God exactly. giving you. So that's why I would say that you're, that you're yeah. right. You should always achieve. I remember my friend always used to say to me because I used to be of the. Like, I never was the best student, and when it came to revising and this, I always used to be like helpless a bit. That was the point I'm going to fail. And a good friend of mine said to me, "If you reach for the stars, you'll fall in the clouds." meaning that you uh, try to try your best and if you put 100% effort back it with 100% prayers you fall you'll in still yeah, you still achieve greatness mm-hmm. it might not be what you were trying but you and then i think it's with the same thing with this that yes aim for success aim for greatness but when it comes to good deeds and sacrificing that's what real faith is i think sometimes it's an element of faith as well that what stops us from making those same sacrifices that Uh, Hazrat Abu Bakr, the first Caliph, the first rightly guided Caliph of the Holy Prophet, may peace be on him. um, Like, for example, he gave everything. Mm. But nowadays, uh, that's what I'm saying, that we've developed so much that we feel that we rely more on these material things than we do actually on God. Mm. Um, So it's we turn to these things more than we turn to God. So it's those sacrifices of those days... um, there, are, there
4: are people making them now as well, but they, they're not as you know as prominent mm. as they were back then. You know, in that same way. Yeah. Well, there's one point I wanted to make before I mention my one. Um, one thing I would um, say is that I think ultimately it comes down to your connection with God, and it has to be an unwavering connection with God. Yeah. You have to walk with God in everything you do. Yeah. And that connection uh, and and that love. And, uh, yeah, that relationship with God is something that you have to continuously build to be strong enough that whilst you're progressing in your material and your career, material life and your career life, that God is going to also be blessing you spiritually and hopefully potentially materially as well. Mm. Um, and on that as well, is just another point, and we're going to talk about parenting later, but, um, that's another possible reason why God has also stated not to fall back on creating a life if you're scared of wealth Yeah, and um, I think Shams or someone else might have mentioned this recently that they've only found success in having children they found that the more children that they have that uh, successes have have come along with it but we see clearly now in today's society that people are so focused on their their career and the material (coughs) life that they completely disregard having children and um, you know we know um, from just many possible.
5: people feel like it's a financial burden don't yeah, they yeah 100% kids.
4: they will feel like it's a financial burden but um, later on in life if you do not have children you're just going to be lonely and miserable and people have said this as well that yeah they, they regret not having children but some people actively opt to not create a life and for me I find that very upsetting mm. very very upsetting I think it's one I think one of the biggest blessings in life is I, to have children and to be able to fulfill or to be able to instill in them a character that was going gen- to uh, that is going to build society the next society but I
0: feel like <laughs> when it comes to these things it's like you can't pick and choose when you want to become a believer for mm-hmm. example let's say like you know when you want to start giving precedence to god you give it to some in some fields but then in some like you totally go against their teachings mm-hmm. just to achieve your goal and i think that that's the point i think even with children you're absolutely right it's like it's the the biggest blessing. It's the biggest kind of eye-opener. I remember there's a saying that becoming a father or a parent is what truly makes you a believer because you realize um, there comes a stage in your life where you realize you've gone from being a child thinking, I know better. Like whenever your parents tell you something, you're like, no, I know better. I know, what do they know? To now becoming a parent and realizing that there will come a time that you can't do anything. You're powerless. Mm. Like your son or daughter is going to go into the world. You can't always be their protector. You can't always see what they're doing. And at that time, you're going to look to something to rely on. Mm. And that's when people realize, actually, the only thing I can rely on is God. Yeah. But anyway, I think we'll talk about like parenting when we're in, in the second half of the show. It's such an interesting topic. It's something that everyone has experience of because either you've been a parent or you've been or parented. You've been parented. So it's something that everyone can relate to. Um, one thing I wanted to yeah we we spoke on sports before as well mm. but we were so looking forward to um, this Chris Eubank Jr. versus Conor Ben fight mm. and again it goes back to like the politics behind like you know the financial influence we don't know really what's happening behind closed doors but this potentially was going to be one of those like dream uh, matchups it's almost like a video game because like these two in for no reason. At all, should be fighting like they're in different weight classes, they're in different stages of their career. But because, like, their dads did an amazing job in being ambassadors for the sport, they had two amazing fights. As soon as these two became professionals, you think, Yeah, this is it, this is what we want to see. But they were so far off each other, and now it was made a reality. Well, this, but this, this, this it's fight, it's such a shame it got cancelled.
5: Uh, yeah, this, this, this fight was themed, um, born rivals, right? Yeah. Because because of the history yeah. of uh. Mm-hmm their dads and sort of what that done to sort of the boxing world at that time and yeah it was such a shame to see like we were we were really looking forward to to watching this fight together as we do try and get together for some of these sporting events but yeah you mentioned something earlier about sort of the greed and and sports and right as of yet we don't actually know Like, there's no confirmed sort of reports as to exactly what's happened but all we know is that there's a a banned substance which Conor Ben has tested positive for clomiphene um, which is meant to be a female fertility drug I don't know much about it mm-hmm. but apparently it's a drug that masks other drugs so like once this is, this is just from what I've seen in some interviews I've heard so please don't quote me on it but it's it, it's meant to be a drug that masks after you've had sort of some steroids or, or whatever it is and then this kind of masks it and because it's a female fertility drug that they're basically saying that you basically can't take this by accident um this is intentional but there, it's weird how sort of boxing works there's an a sample then there's a b sample and then it has yeah. to be verified all of this but anyway the fight's off and now the talk talk within bo- uh, you know people who sort of know and follow boxing say that it's you know, one of the dirtiest sports in in the sense that people are always getting away with sort of drugs yeah, and yeah, yeah. and we've seen, you know, what big boxing, big names, yeah, big, and big boxing names is not have been a sport in of of the nature where you want to risk that because people yeah. can die, right? Yeah, 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 And so a lot of people like, like even Chris Chris Eubank's brother, um, Harlem Eubank was, was actually saying that this fight should be off. Like it's one of those sports where if anyone has any unnatural advantage, like you could you could Kill someone, you could ruin yeah, someone's life. Yeah. So regardless of what money they were going to make, but the thing for is, for us as know, fans, <laughs> yeah, that's what I say saying. It was such a like the build up was such an amazing
0: build. It's probably one of the best build ups I've seen in a while in terms of all of the like episodes that they're putting out in the promos and everything. And Chris Eubank Jr. really knows how to play. He's exactly like his dad. He knows that like this whole sixty percent thing. It was so. And the thing is, it's weird because. Just yesterday, I was watched this. You know, uh, there's that Lad Bible YouTube yeah. pages where they do UK versus USA, like snack wars. He's like, he's fully trimmed down for this fight, but he's just like eating different snacks. And not even like having a little bit, he's having like big bites of these snacks. I'm thinking this guy needs to make like the lowest he's ever been, and he's still just enjoying Did food. Did you
5: see the post of like the cake he's having on his birthday? Yeah. And then with the cream, it's like written 60% on the plate. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but this
0: is what I'm saying. They, like the, the, dirt, whole,
5: right? the whole promotion of this fight was, was so really amazing, enough.
0: amazing. But it's one of those things because I've, 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 at the moment, you don't know what to believe because there are stories coming out that oh actually this result was they knew this from August they chose to not tell anyone and continue with it and if that's true then that's a huge like issue Reputational, yeah huge issue that if you knew about this why is no one being informed why did they take why a Daily Mail article people to buy because tickets. basically Daily Mail came out with it and then it became a problem and then Connor Ben came out saying yeah I'm clean I've not violated any rules I'm not suspended but it's um At the moment, you don't know what to believe. And I think until that... Because I do know what you're saying is true. This is a fertility medicine. It's not for men. It's only given to men who have low testosterone and they get given this drug. And it's only prescribed. It's not something you can get over the counter. Um, I don't know what other effects it has. I remember you saying it masks other other drugs. It it masks
4: other (laughs) drugs. It's I something? So, obviously, you two are... Quite like super fans of boxing yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I don't follow boxing like that, um but what do you guys think of? you know, so now you get a lot of amateurs and people that are not even boxers at all. Um, YouTubers and entertainers coming into the sport some of them are even getting professional licenses yeah, to to yeah. do boxing some even actually putting on good performances yeah, yeah. Um, would you, do you think that's kind of discrediting the actual history and legacy of boxing or do you think it's fine let people enjoy it they're making millions and millions of it people are enjoying the sport it might be taken away from the history and legacy of the greats like some people
5: watching it nowadays might not even know who Muhammad Ali is but um, or, or do, or do, or do, I what do. should I, I do? I, I'm not in favour of it I don't even like exhibition fights with like mm. superstars like Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather and some and random class- tiger I, I don't even really like these I just think I, ju- I just think boxing is one of those sports where you should only encourage it for those you know because nowadays like like you said these social media stars are getting licensed to box mm. without any sort of Bo- and this is what and shows they're calling the inf- out for pro- actual professional yeah, yeah. maybe retired but it just shows yeah. there's no infrastructure in boxing in that sense if you if you are a known public personality you can, any promoter will take you up because they know you're going to make money. them money yeah. but th- here's the thing with that though yeah,
0: I agree I think the way UFC has set itself up yeah. is a hundred times better than boxing and that's why I actually prefer UFC more to boxing because the best fight the best and they don't have a choice they're under UFC's contract yeah they might have their own issues that they're not getting paid enough whatever that is but as from a fan's point of view that organisation has done it correctly boxing is like there's so many other parties involved there's so much money influence there's so much kind of like even this whole thing with Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua their contract and the fight happening not happening it was so annoying for the boxing for a boxing fan uh, and even average boxing fans have come out and said this is just so long Like, we don't know what to believe now or we don't know if this fight's ever going to happen but with the influence of boxing I feel like if you watch the first ever influence fight it was Joe Weller versus KSI because yeah, I, I just follow boxing I watch everything that was the I first I think it fight, might have
4: yeah. been even some people before
0: that was it was Logan Paul it was KSI it was KSI, was KSI versus Joe Weller jo- oh. they were the first fight then KSI called out Logan Paul mm. but I'm saying if you compared that fight to the last KSI whole show that he put on and he had two fights he had two fights in <laughs> on one night yeah swarms oh, that swarms fight was a joke yeah. that was that but was you know joke. there was one guy Salt Puppy did you see him? Yeah, he looked yeah. really no, good but no this is what I'm saying though like this last show that they put on I mean the, the main card the was smoking probably, the sport no the main card was the worst fight but the yeah. undercard if you watch some of the undercard fights but they, they were really professional good. boxers no they weren't no, no they weren't no, they were YouTubers but some of them this is what I'm saying I think the ones that are putting in the work like it was a decent viewing, yeah, very decent viewing. Like with like, Jake, for example, like Jake Paul, very big YouTuber, he's now like in his last five fights, knocked out like three UFC fights Like they're not boxers by any means, but they're athletes. Even then, there's so, claims that apparently there's cheating in in his fights, yeah, but I don't know. I but don't know, but Regardless, but yeah, you're right. Like if 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 I had to choose to watch one fight, Jake Paul versus KSI or any professional fight, of course you pick the professional fight because the level of quality of that thing will be much better but the reality is these influencers are bringing in a lot of money to boxing now as well because if someone's tuned into this influencer boxing and he's liked what he's seen and he's now through that one viewing he's now gone on youtube and done his research he'll become a fan so that's the thing I, i think with the boxing industry whether they the people who suffer really are those amateur boxers who have been maybe fought 50-60 amateur fights got no financial benefit from it, and here's this one YouTuber who's basically had one fight and he's made millions. Mm. I think that's the real victim. Uh, mm. Even in this Conor Ben fight, the Conor Ben and Eubank, they're not really victims because they're wealthy, established. Yeah, all they've done is gone through a camp, but they're professionals. The real victims are the undercard. Fighters who, mm. aren't, as on their yeah, day who aren't as financial with them,
4: and I know they've lost out. So shall, it's shall I tell you an embarrassing story? I think I told shops when my son was in hospital uh, around March. I took a hospital every day, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'm walking, and there's a guy like literally walking maybe a meter behind me on my left, and I know this guy's face. Everyone knows this guy's face. Like if you see him if you've watched any sort of boxing at any level, or even like if you've done any sort of history yeah, in boxing. You'd be like, oh yeah, I know this guy's face. He talks in a very like a very yeah. peculiar way. Yeah, dresses in a very peculiar yeah. way. You know his name. Yeah, so we're walking, and now I've got to take a right. Yeah, and then I've seen this guy's walking straight. So I literally turn around and it's be like, embarrassing. Nigel Ben, <laughs> and he was like, nope. <laughs> then he walked off, and I was like, what? I'm sure it's him. I'm very sure it's Nigel Ben. Yeah anyway I'm walking down I'm like rattling my brain I was like who who, who could it be I know this person I know who, who could it be so I'm googling that now Nigel Ben I'm like that's not him it's the other guy it's <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Eubank. Eubank. <laughs> it's actually Chris
0: <laughs> <laughs> so guy. you basically named his biggest his opponent enemy. his yeah, biggest it's
4: opponent. It's yeah. opponent yeah so was like, I bro. was so embarrassed I was like "Now nah, I've got to find this guy where is he in the hospital and he's got to apologise yeah man, sorry, I, about I was I so, felt so we got a message in. I'll read it out um
0: I think it was with regards to what we were talking about before. I'll just read out the message. The message says, I think we focus sometimes a lot on financial position and momentary sacrifice, but giving time uh, and service as a sacrifice is perhaps more beneficial not just for society especially in today's day and age, but the person themselves grow with that interaction too. So society as a whole can benefit to connect with others rather than just making an online transfer and carrying on with one's day. I think that's important as well. I feel sometimes, <coughs> going back to what we were talking about and what this message is, thank you for sending your message. Keep getting in touch. Uh, call us if you have anything to say as well. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. But this point is so true that sometimes you might have good intentions, but your experiences can then mold your character to the extent that when it comes to actually time to give, okay, now you've made it, do what you're going to do. It's like, okay, I'll just make a donation. And it's so different. It's so different. Like everyone's sacrifice, just because you're poor. I remember this example, like a poor man's sacrifice doesn't necessarily mean it's less important
5: or it's less in the eyes of God. Um so it's, it's so true because um I think this might be sort of, Treading on to our next topic, but yeah, I'll just say this, and then we'll sort of continue. Um, it's true that, that that's a that's a really good comment that's been sent in because when when you sacrifice time and you go out there and like you know in our community we had tree planting and we have homeless feeding and that brings a different understanding or at least respect to some of these situations. Like uh, for example, like my. My kids are really, really young, but I've got like a little money jar for them. And what I'll try and do on a daily basis, if I remember, um, is just give them small, like 30p, 40p, and just developing their habit of putting into this money box, right? And I do often think that actually, like, yeah, whilst this is good and whilst, yeah, I'm, you know, trying to help them, understand that we're putting money away and it's just at, at, at its most basic concept is just putting it's so a physical yeah, habit yeah. yeah it's just a physical habit for now but i would much rather i would say much rather i would also really like for them to sort of go and volunteer their time and like maybe go to old people's like they're they're babies at the moment but what i mean is like the effect that that would probably have mentally yeah. um on you like going to visit these difficult situations and yep. places and volunteering your time will probably have a bigger effect um, than mm-hmm. because it's very easy to sort of a homeless person and just donate money online but it's a very different experience going to hand that homeless but person the some food the, on the, the, some the money m- that
0: the, the reality is though that practice it because then you don't live in that world anymore no no yeah. but I'm saying then you will find also people who ha- are capable of giving but just don't give Mm. so even that practice that you're putting your kids through that's a really good habit like to put in for example if you give your kid uh, your child pocket money but when you give it to him he knows there's a responsibility of okay I've been given 10 pounds let's say I need to give a certain amount into charity that then instills the element of giving but what you're saying is so true as well because I I know my 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 brother-in-law does it with his daughter that Anytime it's like, for example, her birthday, they will say, "Okay, we're going to get gifts and we're going to go to the hospital and give it to those kids." And now that's their routine, and that's instilled in her that, yeah, even though it's my birthday, there are those kids that are less fortunate, mm, and I need really, to, I, need, really I need to give them. So they, she, she does this on her birthday. She'll so go to the hospital and give kids well, like gifts, teaching them sacrifice. So it's it's really I think with kids like need. it's not just one thing. I think yeah. diff- you need to, and again it's not we don't pick and choose when we <coughs> want to be religious. Yeah. Like, it's a lifestyle for us. Yeah. So these things need to be almost. This is our training as a parent. Again, we'll go into it again,
4: but you know also these are, these <clears throat> like with what both of you have mentioned with you and your children and you and your um, brother-in-law's kids, I think it's great that we instill these physical habits, but I think at the same time it's a whole myriad of uh, factors or traits that we need to instill in them. so kindness, generosity, yeah, yeah, humanity, yeah. and just um, sacrifice, all of these things are part and parcel of the physical action of giving because you can teach a child to give to put money away but then if they don't actually understand the true value of sacrifice Mm. and generosity and you know actually wanting to help people for the genuine need to help people then Mm. it will be more just a physical action rather than actual
0: before we go to the break we've got 10 minutes i just want to wrap up with one last story um You may be following, or you may be aware, if not, you will be now, that His Holiness, the 5th Caliph of our community, is currently touring in USA, meeting the community members there, and there are some real historic um, uh, accounts that have taken place, uh, of which one I just want to mention now, because again, the world was witness to this. Um, This is not like an internal community thing. The world was witness to what we're going to mention now. And we can't go into details of it, but... The recently on the 27th of September His Holiness opened a mosque in Zion uh, Zion is a city in the state of Illinois I yeah. believe next to Chicago or in Chicago um, but the history of that city and the why it's so historical and why I want to mention it today is because there was a gentleman called John Alexander Dowie uh, he was a uh, Christian pastor and um, again his history is so interesting actually if you read on if you go on the review of religions website you can go on any website but this is the website I, I read up on uh, it gives you a real like, interesting background of his whole past and who he was and where he was born and everything that he'd done but long story short he was a pastor who uh, did his i think his training in south africa but then moved to america started he started advertising that he was a healer so he started getting an income from healing people very in terms of wealth was very kind of in a good healthy position to the extent that he ended up buying this land Uh, so this Zion city was established by him He even so the the name Zion as well he created this group the Zion group uh, and then that's how the name came about and then he had enough wealth to buy his own city he was the owner of that city he owned all of the franchises all of the all of the factories, shops, whatever it is, hospitals, he was overseeing. So you can imagine he grew quite a bit in popularity and financially. Whatever it was, he grew. He owned this whole city. He then started having views, or he started portraying his views about Islam. Uh, that you know, he that Islam is a curse, and he his whole desire and his mission is to eradicate Muslims from from this earth. And he really spoke ill of the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him. So when this reached the Promised Messiah, who is the founder of our community, who we believe to be the Messiah and Mahdi of the time, the Second Coming of Jesus, he, <clears throat> because again Dawi's method and his claim was, and he kept mentioning it, and you, it, this all of what I'm saying, this was published in newspapers of the time that I'm gonna try and kill all of these Muslims that's the only way to get rid of them and there's gonna be a huge war between Christianity and Islam the promised Messiah when he came to find out about this he wrote a simple letter to him saying there's no need of harming anyone why don't we have a prayer duel and if you're correct then I will die and that me in one person dying it's a lot better than millions of people dying. So, that, and that would, this in, in me dying, in one person dying, you'll be able to establish your truthfulness. So, I challenge you to a prayer duel. And again, it's such an interesting story, and I'm by no means giving it justice. You should go online. If you can go online on the Review of Religions website, the, all the history is there. But, long story short, there was a prayer duel. Um, It got picked up by so many news outlets at that time. They talk about 1900s. This is early uh, 1900s. Uh, And so many news outlets picked it up. And almost he was pressured to... Because he wasn't really answering the duel. He never accepted it in that way either. But he kept mocking the promised messiah. And he kept boasting about his good health. And how he was 15, 16 years younger um, than the promised messiah. how he had no illness. But anyway, he ended up dying before the promised Messiah so the promised Messiah uh, may peace be on him His, what he's prophecy that he made it came true and it was a great victory now the reason we've mentioned all of this background I've mentioned it just to present that on the 27th of September our community the MDA Muslim community established and opened a mosque in the city of Zion and that mosque is called Fatih a great victory and it's historic because here was this one guy in history Whose sole mission, and again at the time, so when this was when this was happening, Dawi had an almost hundred thousand followers, and his net value was three hundred million, close to three hundred million dollars. And here you have on the other side in India, from very humble beginnings, a man who's claimed to be a messiah, um, maybe up to a hundred thousand followers, nowhere near as the same amount of financial backing and again at that time he was so much like he was older than Dawi he was in he had certain physical difficulties illnesses that he was going through but still he had that belief that he was the true true messiah but anyway in 2021 in his own city you know oh, his holiness went to open the mosque he was given the keys to the city he was honoured by all of the delegates that were there so it was a huge um, it was a huge thing and I think it's something that we shouldn't play it down. By no means am I saying that you know it's. Do we just rely on this one victory? But it is a. The thing is because when the duel took place, it took place on the world stage. So many different news outlets mentioned it, presented it, um, and when now we're victorious, not even in the simple terms of we just won the duel, but how many hundreds of years later we've opened a mosque in his city Uh, and our leader, the representative of the Messiah, has been given the keys to the city and he's been given so much respect that the exact opposites happened. Instead of trying... Like, this is the guy who wanted to take Islam off this world and now Islam has established a beautiful mosque in his own city. So it's one of those things.
5: it's, it's It's so amazing to think about the fact that that mosque is going to be a beacon for those very Christians in that community yeah in that in that area because as we know with sort of all of the mosques we have here it becomes sort of an open house to the community right it's like and a community centre yeah community. exactly <laughs> and um, we even saw with what we were watching sort of before the show that those very you know the people of the area or sort of the Christians in and around like they become ambassadors themselves of the truthfulness of this sort of story um, but where hate was it, the attempt of hate to be spread was like the key sort of component. Yeah. The complete opposite way it's just like complete love, respect, yeah. and you know the integration into society. The that's that's exactly what's happened.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's this misconception as well. Like when you, for us, like a victory doesn't mean like we come and take over. Yeah, like I, and by no means has that ever been the case. In fact. We just want the freedom to practice our religion. That's it. And like I said, the biggest victory for us is integrating into society mm. where we can show the true teachings of Islam and we can show the true beauty of the character of the Holy Prophet. May peace be upon him. And that that for us is a victory. Um, and that's why th- this, this whole... Fateh Mosque incident. Again, there's so much material online. If you go into the MTA Online 1 YouTube channel, there's a whole little documentary that's been made. It's the history of Zion, the history of this great victory. But we're just reaching to the end of the first segment of our show. Like I said, it is a live and interactive show. It is your show, so do have your say. Get involved. 0208-687-7878. That's 208 0208- 687 7878. When we come back after the break, we will be going into our main topic of the show, which will be parenting. We will see you after the news.
1: Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
0: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. Um, Before the break, we were talking about, well, it was just a news catch-up, what caught our eye in the last week. And now we'll be going to our main segment of the show where we'll be talking about parenting. Um, And it is, like I said, it's something that everyone has some sort of experience either you are a parent or you've been parented before so everyone will have an experience will have a, an opinion so please do call in it is your show we want to hear what you have to say Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. that's 0208 or tweet us at voiceofislamuk so I guess there's only one place to start uh, because this was your idea But <laughs> uh, what,
4: what made you want to pick this topic So, I think it was maybe a week or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was driving into London and uh, there was, it might have been the breakfast show. No, it was was the
0: Saturday morning No, it wasn't,
4: it wasn't. It wasn't a Saturday morning night. There was another show uh, that I was calling into um, and it was a live show. No, it
0: was a show that I was on. It was me and Kium and you called in.
4: Ah yes, yeah. yes it was that. But there was yeah. also another show as well with fires and uh, yeah, fires called in that day the day. Was yeah, it yeah, that one? That was a shame. Why mm. am I so lost, man? But anyway, yeah. So that show, um, it 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 wasn't actually meant to be speaking about parenting, but um, I think aspects of it when we're talking yeah. about the crisis and stuff and how to look after like what what sacrifices parents would make, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, really, I think. Um, kind of just sparked the idea that you know parenting everyone has different styles of parenting Mm. you know how you might want to parent your children or how Shams might want to parent his children how I think I I, I think is the best for my children we're all going to have different ideas no one's going to be the same because one we have our own temperaments and then our children are going to be different our partners are going to be different our households are going to be different so yeah I just thought it was quite interesting and also how parenting has changed over the years I think is also something that's quite interesting in terms of the, the social climate right now is completely different to what the social climate was like when we were growing up. So the household potentially could have been different as well. And yep. the question, I think do deeper question to that is does it need to be different? Like do do parents need to have a better understanding of what's going on in the world outside of where your child is being brought up? Or uh, can the same practices of um, how a child will be brought up 10, 20, 30, 40, even a century ago be still instilled now so whilst i was doing some research into this um there was a professor of psychology i was watching a video and to be fair i should have shared it with you guys but she actually um went through the history of the last decade and kind of broke down how parenting has changed and actually i did have this idea very briefly before i didn't really delve into it too much but everything has a chain effect So my bigger question for today's uh, topic was how does parenting affect society? How influential is parenting into the next society? And basically when she was talking, she was talking about how after the First World War, majority of parents parents uh, parenting styles were to instill the right principles the right morals uh, and just be good people that was like the highlight of what parenting was going to be about especially in in america in the western world this is where she's talking from she said what the most important thing for parents at that time was to instill the right principles the right character the right morals From then on, um, you then had the Second World War and then a lot of people, more people were involved in that. And then from there, so it wasn't just parents that were going into war, children were also going into war. And then that had a massive chain effect on to the next generation because children were being brought up with um, parents and grandparents who had traumas those traumas weren't dealt with properly that was the first time properly that post-traumatic stress disorder was coming to light and people realised that oh you know these people have gone to war and they're suffering and those suffering is causing people to struggle that's causing it's an effect on their children those children are now being brought up in a way that's not going to be beneficial for them when they're growing up so again and again it's a chain effect chain effect which is causing different sort of style of parenting and behaviors in the next generation and then you go into like the hippie area hippie hippie era where everything was just free everyone would do whatever they want to and then again it was going back to so i think it was around 70s or 80s where they were like okay we've got to be a bit more harsher now um and then after that it was okay no we that's not working parents and children are rebelling uh they're becoming bullies all of these things bullying started happening a bit more prevalently in the 80s and then into the 90s and then t- uh, it was around 90s 2000s where there was one professor or a doctor or so, uh, who was saying that children and parents need to be on the same level for the same playing field they need to be friends and from there came a level of neglect because parents were like okay no we will we, we'll treat him as one of us and then from then it was like children were getting involved in similar things that parents will be getting involved in they're starting to go pubs now at a young age they're they're around mm. uh smoking all of these things yeah. um even promiscuity was coming into play because parents were being taught that they you need to befriend them befriending them means to be getting them involved in things that you're getting involved in yeah. so it was all of these things that are like chain effect and yeah. then it is and that makes it so it makes it seem so true and and, and real that how we parent our children today will affect the society effect. yeah and Collectively, obviously we are in one society. It's a multicultural society. There'll be pockets of societies that are very, you know, strict or be very um they'll be held down in their in their roots. But majority of society will collectively homogenise into you know similar thinking. <laughs> Shams is giving I'd, me um, a face.
0: <laughs> I'd
4: love to. That's um, really interesting, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. generally yeah, we're going to really be generally we we all you know um, us three here we have similar when we we have our own individual traits and characteristics, but generally we'll have similar sort of thinking styles or a bit, just you know we will have one sort of belief system, right? Yeah. yeah and growing up in the world today in the western world especially i think that will all have a massive impact and influence on the younger generation and then their younger generation so then it comes so my my question is i mean i can ask both of you how influential are parents and parenting into making sure that your
5: child is the best person they can be in society so i got my views on on this i i purposely didn't you guys probably don't want to hear this i purposely <laughs> didn't do much research and one of the He's reasons an expert, that's why no no one of the reasons is because i didn't want to be swayed <laughs> because i have that this is a topic which i have a lot of opinions on um because of the way so you're talking first world war right mm. i'd love to know how that research was done when when i think that's when, from when when, when f- was that 1914 or something 1915 yeah, yeah. um like that's when the nuclear family right up until sort of very recently, mm-hmm. the mum, the dad and kids lived in sort of that sort of yeah. family structure. And now the family structure has changed massively. But also we've gone through various revolutions and we're now in this age of tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can't ignore like your question to, your your question about how influential our parents and the upbringing of kids in society yeah massive Mm. but also now we have a global parent in this sort of global city that we live in which cannot be neglected so our roles as humans we now owe duty to other people's children directly by what we're doing which is what is in our hands right we it's not like it wasn't like that before it was the nuclear family you the dad worked the mum was At home, the kids went to school. You, your kids grew up under your specific care. Mm -hmm. It's not like that anymore. We parents don't bring up their children the same way now as you were able to before. And I think now the way sort of our kids are, they like as I said, they have access to everything. So there's a lot more that goes into consideration when bringing up your kids in this Mm. type of society. There's even things that you have to kind of L- like for example you 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 briefly you you kind of hinted and touched upon which we may go into a bit bit further in the show is like sex education for example mm. now in school like personally I wouldn't want that for my children I wouldn't want them at such an innocent young age to go into school and be taught about these things which will ignite in my opinion at least um thoughts which I don't feel like they need to be ignited at that age right I wouldn't I wouldn't like but now I live in a society where what can I do about it do I take my kids out of school do I homeschool so that so like of course parents have a massive influence on their children of course and we're in, especially in Islam like we're, we're kind of taught like I remember talking to my dad when I had my when I had my first child and I was petrified I was like you know like how how do I bring up a child in this in this day and age and one thing my dad said to me was like one thing he was taught I don't know whether he got it from a religious text or whatever but he said do and and I'll use the proper word for it and you can translate it said do your own and then they will look after their own like basically if you train yourself train Uh, morally train yourself (laughs) to be a good person a lot of the times they will follow and watch you do that but how much time are my kids going to be spending at home when it comes from the age of like 5 to about 17
0: but do you think this then goes back to where the conversation started like you've given us this timeline of events and all of these events are things that are out of our control mm-hmm. so like world war whatever it may be now this technology these things are out of our hands but then does that mean the parent
4: would have to adapt his methods i, d- I, th- I think the parents do have to somewhat adapt not like the basic methods not the fu- not the fundamental not the fundamental methods but they would have to instill a level of education or understanding into the child that okay cool these things are happening now outside in the world but for you to be the best person you can be this is what's the right thing this is this is you know the the right way to go about it, um. So yeah, there's always going to be things that are happening outside of the world that we we can't control. For example, right now, yes, we're in the a- era of social media technology. Everyone is connected. Even um, I don't know when it was, but uh, I was listening to this woman who was saying that. She, oh she she's she's uh she's had children when she was in her 30s and she had two children when she was in her 60s and she was saying children in her 60s makes her feel young um she is a completely different era 30 years apart and um she's saying that now when she's ha- she's growing up she she's you know she's raising two children now in her 60s she's saying she finds social media and technology a benefit because mm. children are able to learn a lot And they're mm. a lot more wiser They're a lot more sophisticated They can take away a lot Obviously you have to parent to a certain level But children are still able to gain knowledge And an understanding from, this from that technology The thing
0: is we talk like we talk when, I, when you look at Islam yeah. And again this is where I feel that Islam is such a beautiful religion And it puts in context The roles and responsibilities of individuals So of like fathers of mothers Mm -hmm. and you only when you talk about it in detail because I think sometimes the media highlights this in such a negative way that we're suppressing women or we're doing no like Islam has given different roles and responsibilities for the betterment of ultimately your children who are going to then be the future whereas (coughs) we've just spoken about how now there are so many distractions Mm -hmm. and we are so out of depth like we don't know half of the things how to do these things and our next generation will know how to do it but it just gives it puts in perspective how like before you mentioned the typical family father works mother stays home she has control of her children now it's come to a stage where like almost sometimes women are feel pressured to work Mm -hmm. because that's what society is telling them to do and if you're not you're suppressed
4: or you're not successful or
0: you're not successful and Mm -hmm. I see it totally in the opposite way that it's this is why the religion is, is such a beautiful thing it puts things in context because we believe this is a universal religion for all times yeah. so no matter what problems are there the solution is here 100% so I feel like again it comes back to that point that certain things are out of our hand what's going on in the world whether there's a war today or tomorrow a new invention whatever it may. Be, tomorrow if there's flying cars it could be I don't know but that's these things are out of our hand what is in our hand is what happens in our in our home and we can control that. You're right. The
5: challenges are unreal. The, the, you, if I like, I was to ask you guys, I already know the answer to this, and I think most of my friends would probably give me the same answer. It's like I don't even know if this is a term, but do you feel like you were overparented in so, the sense in that aspects. you were so like in some aspects? Yeah, and, and 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 that itself is probably an issue, right? Where now we're talking about like how you can be the perfect parent you have to teach them this you have to teach them that and there's like a million things in your mind like my child needs to do this my child needs to do that and I want to make sure my child is well rounded I want them to be good at sports but I also want them to be a maths genius I want them to be the best at football and I also you know there's there's so much growing up in society Mm. that you feel is a competition and when you get to the age of parenthood you look back and you think I could have had an edge here I could have had an Mm. edge there and then naturally you begin to over parent your child yeah um again i don't know if that's a term but naturally you begin naturally you just you you begin to do too much and a lot of our kids these days like they're so regimented there's everything is so planned out it's probably a good thing but Mm. it also must have some negative effects where like you said right the parents are now maybe over friendly with their kids and kids are going to pubs at a younger age and are they missing out on this core innocent period of their childhood where just explore, do your own thing, find yourself.
0: (laughs) We've got a message in before I I answer that, we've got a message in from one of our listeners. If we truly believe that Islam is a forever religion, then substance of parenting will always be the same. Style can change, but substance will always be the same. Islam has been multicultural in its teaching, so it's nothing new. The challenge is parenting in the Western world, where your child is exposed to different narratives. So, it's, I guess what you're saying. So, thank you for sending your message. Keep sending in your messages, or call us on zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. And I feel what you're saying there. So, one question: I will, maybe we can answer what you just said by asking asking another question. Is that what was your perception of being a father compared to what it is in reality, to what you just said? What, For uh, example, you've been, you've been a child where...
5: Comprehension levels are low today,
0: say that <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> so what, is your, what was your perception of like, prior to becoming a father? Right. What did you think it would be like, mm. the experience? Or what did you, how did you plan that you would do certain things? Mm-hmm. And now you've got two children. Three. What's the reality? Three children. What's the reality of it? Because you were once a child who, like you said, you might have been saying, Dad, I want to go explore. And your dad said, no, I know better to now of the opinion that maybe we should let
5: them explore, but you got three kids, so what's it like for you? I think for me, yeah, um, what challenges did I think I would have? Yeah, I, so there were certain challenges. Before I had children, I thought, you know, how am I going to be able to sort of take out the time um, to make sure that, you know, as I mentioned previously, they, they grow up to be sort of well-rounded kids, and I, and I sort of tried to take, from my own example of sort of how I was brought up and I was luckily and you guys probably feel the same I was brought up in largely by my parents but also massively by this community Mm -hmm. um a a lot of my childhood experiences are shaped through my experiences in this community go into events whether I wanted to at the time or not whether you're forced by your parents to go you're put into this sort of atmosphere with like-minded people and yeah, along 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 the way, the road might be a bit tricky, and you might, yeah. But ultimately, you're amongst like-minded people who have a common goal, and the community, and you know the leader, and His Holiness, who we can turn to for guidance. That, for me, shaped a lot of my childhood. And so, before I had kids, that was one of the things I knew, you know, I have to make sure my kids are uh, attached to the community. But when you have a child, you then realise actually the child's not even one years old. Like, I can't actually do that right now. So it's about, now I'm sort of my oldest is nearly four. I try my best as much as I can to try and spend as much time as I can um, because I want to try and influence or at least build that friendship where I'm not saying I, I feel like I, my parents didn't do that, but I feel like, when my parents sort of came to this, moved over to this country, there were so many pressures, there were financial worries, there was this, there was making sure, you know, that we would we were fine from other aspects that I feel like sometimes, and a lot of us in the same generation, we have these conversations, we feel like we may have missed due to that gap with our parents, that generational gap, we may have missed that period of really bonding and having that friendship with our parents. Now, you know, when we grow up and, on the other side of that yeah. arrogant years yeah. of maybe 15 to 25 you grow you grow out of that and then yeah. you're like you, now you have relationship with your parents again but yeah. there's a core period where because there's a generational gap i feel like our parents sometimes just didn't understand how to connect with us and i and one of my worries is and this is why i try and stay as close to my kids as i can but not sort of like an overbearing but like so i can reduce that there's always going to be a gap right yeah. that even now like if i speak to someone who's 17 18 like the stuff they can do in a computer i can't do whereas i grew up with it so there's a gap already so there's always going to be a gap but as much as i can i try and make sure that that void is filled yeah you know go on no i was going to say i completely agree with uh, everything you said there was a generational gap and
4: then unfortunately and then it was we can say oh it was our parents fault or it was not their fault but um, unfortunately, it was just how they grew up, and it was the the pressures of where they or where where they came. And I know that my parents definitely were scared of the society that they saw. in mm-hmm. South London, it was a rough area. They saw issues. Then you know, my, my we know our, our uncles had got into fights. My dad had got into fights. There were people that were troubling everyone around that time, and um, they were just scared. They would try and pocket you and cocoon you into a place, into your groom basically, and that. It, Every child, n- yeah, every child naturally yeah. wants to break out of what they're being stuck into, unless they're given yeah, a good enough, yeah, yeah, unless they, unless they're given a good enough reason or something that's so powerful that makes them realize, okay, no, I need to stay here. So whatever's out there is going to kill me. It's going to be really detrimental to my well-being. So I agree with what you're saying completely. Um, you know, so gr- growing up, I also that also crossed my mind. You know, the point that you made
0: that because our parents are from a different world. Mm. for example like so, all three of us our parents are from Pakistan my assumption I mean obviously Pakistan is a a Muslim country but you would assume that everyone there like because it's a Muslim country everyone's doing the right thing Mm. and so that's what I would always assume that yeah no they're from like in a place where like you walk out the house and the society tells you what's right and wrong and it's in accordance to our teaching so uh, we walk outside and there's so much like why, why don't you why aren't you allowed to do this why aren't you allowed to do that and then i realized that actually even in every country regardless of what it should be there are difficulties there are yeah, people committing know. things that they should and and i'll be foolish to think that the residents of that area don't know what's happening mm-hmm. so like I'm, um, yeah obviously our respect and love for our parents we we think the most of them we you know we hold them with high regards but we have to remember that they were also kids one yeah, day 100%. and they were living in a society where they probably were rebels or people who didn't want to do what what society was trying to do or what religion was trying to do, they were going against the law, whatever it is, yeah. so they also face their challenges, so it's just a matter of I think experiences shape you yeah, and then th- that experience again, how you portray that it sometimes it could be very forceful that no mm. I've been burnt, I want to make sure you don't get burnt mm. like and I want to force it upon you mm. some people That's are very, so important some you know people that. are so relaxed though i so am mm. saying that some same people some people are relaxed their approach that okay, I was burnt um I got through it like this I need to let him be on his own journey there's no one correct method it's like I think. A therapy it's it's like a th- but that's like so <laughs> true because
5: <laughs> just on that point it's making me think that am I behaving with my kids sometimes in certain situations due to the bias I've created because of my experiences yeah of course I am and you that's what yeah, yeah. And, and that's why it's so important to try and detach yourself from that bias and allow them to <coughs> sort of because you you never you're never going to yeah you're never going to remember we had that sitting down recently yeah. and um i made i made the comment where someone had once said to me that you can be walking with your children you can have one on either arm mm. and like one child can witness something violent and one child can witness something loving yeah. and they're taking that in and they're developing uh, an understanding of things and and maybe sort of a drive or resilience to something or an attraction to something you're never gonna be able to shape your children to the T, right? <coughs> yeah. alway, it's always gonna be external influences, your atmos, your, your surroundings. That's gonna you but know also on that. Yeah, on. remember your point. You know also on that. Yeah. Uh, again, I
4: was just watching some TED talk, and she was saying that. Even if two, p- two children... no, like Look at your siblings, look at your siblings, and I'll look at my siblings. No one is exactly the same. Mm. Everyone has their own character, but we've all been brought up by the same parents. Mm. We've all been brought up by the same society, by the same environment. Our friends might have been similar to some extent, but we've all been parented the same way. In that same way, every child will have their own innate, intrinsic temperament that they have just that's how they're brought up that's how they are innately but at the same time it's a mix of how they're brought up so two people two children could have exactly the same experience two children can see someone being beat up or something bad happened with the same like exactly the same vision but they uh, they
5: they um they will they will ha they will take away something completely different so from a it. perfect example something to that completely different from it. perfect example is my 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 two sons mm. again brought up by the same parents in the same house now it's so clear that they're two completely different different mm. kids my oldest if he doesn't listen, you can be a little bit forceful, you can show a little bit of anger, some intimidation tactics <laughs> um and he will fold mm-hmm. and he will eventually listen whereas my youngest you I know I have to take a different approach because being forceful or being showing a little bit of authority will not work he's younger he's 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 two mm-hmm. and it's so true what you're saying like, like with your siblings and, and my siblings like you can grow up in the same household but innately God has created like beautiful beings right <laughs> yeah. with their own sort of Current characteristics, characteristics yeah. and characters and, and, and personalities
0: I was going to uh, we do have a call so let's go to the caller before I make this point so I believe we have Mr. Shuaib Zafar on the line Asalaamu alaykum Shuaib are you there?
6: Yes I'm here thank you for taking my call
0: No thank you for being with us
6: <coughs> um, Yes I mean I'm, I've been listening and it's a very interesting topic I think it's uh, it's something you know I'm a new parent as well um, everyone's having challenges with this um, what my take on this is that you know i think we um it's almost that like we are very afraid yeah. because the world is changing
0: yeah.
6: um it's changing a lot and and my perspective is that we we're, we're becoming more and more liberal we're moving away from conservative values um and it's just something that it's the way the world is going you know it's, it's it's heading that way and just like the internet revolution either you you know you you get on board with it and start learning how to use it or you get behind like you know people in, uh, in, in, in in the previous generation, some of them who, who can't use these uh, apps and be able to do everything online now. Um, so in in the same way that, you know, whilst the world moves and we, we're dealing with different issues now, whereas maybe an issue of me and you were young, uh, it was more about physical bullying in school yep. um, and, and things like this or spending too much time outside the house or whatever it may be at the time. But now it's a very different uh threat Mm. i mean there's threats from all sides you know you've got the worry of social media you've got the worry of what your children are being taught outside of the home um there's there's a variety of things but um you know these are things that you i think it's we get so caught up in trying to out okay what can we do to protect our kids what can we do to protect them from this but at the end of the day i think children will always make their own decision because they're a product of their environment so whatever they uh Mm you know, uh, are exposed to is, is what's going to condition them. Here's,
0: here's a question, shape uh, and you can answer it or anyone in the studio can. What do you feel has more of an impact on the child? A good, you can say, example at home. So, for example, let's say the child is from a, a, from a family where the mum and dad have a very good, healthy relationship. They're really practicing what they preach. They've made a really good Islamic environment at home. Or the outside kind of school uni social media what has more of an impact on that child a long lasting impact in your opinion again it's just an opinion uh,
6: i honestly think it's a mix of both and Mm. i think both are very very critical um i know how my life changed i I know that the, the home my home environment was good but i know my school environment i i was troubled for a lot of years and i know that when i changed my group of friends the way it, it impacted my entire life um, w- with the way... So I think it's a definitely it's a, it's a delicate balance between the two. Both are very very important.
4: Can, can I go on? No. Um, I, I think it's actually the parents initially that um, if they can if they can <coughs> uh, instill um, enough strong characteristics that you're very like your your what's the word your discipline is so good that regardless of what you're around you manage to stay true to what you believe is right or what your parents have taught you is right i think that's what it comes down to because outside influences there's always going to be loads if we even look at the time of Hazrat muhammad that was apparently an error that was really really bad right but still you'd be able to raise children in the right way um, and I think for me personally, I think as long as the parents can instill enough strong values for you to know that, okay, these are the values I need to hold on to for their life, mm-hmm. no matter where you go into the world, there might be certain temptations and influences, but whether they'll take hold of you to, for you to be completely off the path is uh, uh, you know your weakness i think
5: I think, I think the biggest component. Is us as Muslims, we have a friend, we have a friend, who we can turn to, um, which is God Almighty, and I think that, especially in today's day and age, is that factor which is going to be the most influential. Yeah. Because, and and I and I say that I I wouldn't have said this as a child or growing up, but now as a parent, I look and I feel, I feel helpless in so many ways that. Actually, how, like, if even if I'm driving down the road, I see something and I'm like, I wouldn't want my child to see this. I'm like, how can I ever influence unit, yeah. or control that when the child is at school? How can I ever influence or control the conversation the child is having? Or if they get an amazing teacher, which shapes them, or they get the worst teacher, which shapes them, or you know, even if in your home environment, like the smallest slip up, like even an argument between husband and wife which which happens if a child was to witness that it's shaping them ultimately I think the biggest tool at our hands is the fact that we have a God who will who who is the shaper of minds right But then on that, it's the parents parents that instill that love
4: for God. And for, for them to instill that love of God, they also need to themselves have a love for God. So I'll tell you, for me personally, right now my son's six months, honest to God even before as soon as I found out that we're expecting for me it was like okay I need to be the best person that I can be Mm. I need to make sure that all my prayers are on time I'm doing the right things that I'm remembering God at every moment and yes we're human we're going to fall short of um, doing the right things or, or, or remembering God at all times but I feel like if we can practice that and try to practice it as as much as possible our child because children do what you do not do what you say
5: yeah, oh they yeah always no, do no, i don't mean it in the sense that don't do anything with your children no, and no, just no. let god I'm yeah i agree. if we I think are
4: the best people we yeah. can be if yeah. we are the ones that have that love for god and connection with god as you saying is the yeah. most important tool <laughs> yeah, yeah. our children will also deve- develop that tool
0: but you still there sorry i think we just cut you off inside having our own <laughs> conversation are you still with us
6: yeah yeah. Um, so actually, so shumps actually, uh, what you mentioned just very, very briefly there, shumps about, um, you know, it's instilling, uh, you know, the love of God, and I, I think these things are play a huge factor. But again, I think I'm, I'm, I'm still drawing back to the point that we can do what we want, um, but it's very, very difficult to place 100% control on this. Back when we were growing up, there were different things our parents were trying to protect us from. And some of the things necessarily could not have been bad because they just didn't have the understanding at the time. And it's the same with us as well. I think there are some things that we because of the way we've grown up, we don't have that same level of understanding that our children may. What what our parents at the time, you know, if they've arrived to this country knew what it's not always necessary that they knew what was dead for us. Maybe there were there was a better way of um, you know, telling us about something and Mo, you said as well. that It's good that you said that. You know, it's the parent's responsibility to instill things in the children. And again, we can do all we can um, for our children, but it's very difficult to control it 100%. Now, we've got things like in Islam that we, you know, we don't celebrate Christmas, we don't celebrate Halloween, Easter, you know, things like this, and we know why. Um, and, but you know. Can you stop your child when he goes into school? They're going to be doing something. They're going to be singing Christmas carols, doing Christmas plays, uh, doing pumpkin carving at Halloween, doing this. I mean, what, what what do you do then? Is your sense that you pull them out of school for that time? Or when they have sex education, you take them out of school during those days? Um, does, that, does that benefit? Does that stop your child from uh, finding out about those things? Or is it better to try to explain... to um, you know let the child be exposed to things I mean they're not incredibly harm harmful I mean let them be exposed to them but you yourself it's your now your duty to explain to them that yes this stuff does happen in this world um, but here's what we believe here's what is right for us and this is why we do this and it's the same thing with everything else you these things in this world are going to happen they're going to be exposed to things we're not comfortable with but you can't shield their eyes all the time. You have to be honest. I think you have to have that honest conversation that yes, mm. these things happen in this world, but here's what we believe or here's what how you should approach it. Think like
0: that. I feel... Well, thank you, Shweeb. Thank you so much for, for calling in. No um, and we appreciate y- your thoughts and time. I just want to mention a couple of things with regards to what Shweeb and everyone just mentioned. Um, one was that I feel that, again, and it's something, it goes back to what... Sham's father the advice that he gave you in terms of you have to think about your own well-being first you have to know the answers before you can justify stopping someone to n- doing something so for example in the same way that in school you see something happen that you shouldn't do if you are there was a time I know there was a generation of kids who when they asked their parents they said no you just we don't do it because we don't do it, cause we don't do it. That, that was their answer there was no wisdom to whatever they said there was no um you know, no element of education. Okay, okay, I need to educate myself to what is the answer, and then I can tell my child. Um But again, you'll find parents who are very much prior to this even happening. They'll tell them that okay, you're going to go to school. They're going to talk about this. This is what our beliefs are. You need to know. So you, you'll find different examples. But I feel this is where it's like an impossible. It's yeah no. But again, answer, I, I, f- I feel it goes back to the point that look, as Muslims. What's our goal? If we keep our goal in mind and plan keeping the end in mind that ultimately our end goal is to live in this world regardless of what our surroundings are and fulfill the rights of God. Yeah. And if we then understand that means for f- not just fulfilling the rights of God but also fulfilling the rights of man. <coughs> how do I then morally, morally train my child? How do I create an environment at home that I can actually do that and instill that into him so that it's just natural to him. He should know that, okay. Because the thing is, whether you're religious or not, like we're saying all these good traits come from religion, caring for your neighbors, loving for one another, going uh, to help the those who are less fortunate than you, giving back to society, all of these things. If you instill that into your child and you're actually practicing that yourself, then ultimately you... I remember one parent saying to me, "My plan is, if my child can come home after uni, then I, I he'll be <laughs> all right. Because in his mind, he's like, yeah, when he goes to uni, he's gonna be exposed to different things, and if he doesn't run off, where like he's okay I'm gonna live my own life, and he comes home, then I have a success. chance to like yeah. yeah, this a success. And I feel like, I was like that, that's so that's so, sad. I feel so yeah. sad for you because the reality is it's like, in this, I've seen children who children." yearn that relationship with their parents regardless of however their parents have treated them I've seen cases where fathers have been abusive mothers have been abusive but still that child grows up to and there's a stage in that child's life where he goes I need to have a relationship with my mom and dad so we it's in our nature to like be we're almost like magnets parents and children like they need each other yeah so kids are never going to go away to that extent where they don't need your father they're always going to be there but it's what I think what your dad said was so true is that first you have to correct yourself be that example that you want your child to see that you know what ultimately if in this world whatever your child goes through he knows I can talk to my dad or I can talk to my mum or my brothers or sisters or at least I know this filth is not happening at home let me go there it's really nice
2: Mm.
0: that's the beginning of a conversation because you can't force anything upon anyone but you can live your life in a way that represents our true teachings yeah exactly because the thing is like Mm. I said different experiences will mold your child Um, whereas if your child for example we're all like preaching Islam preaching Islam but when it comes to in our own homes we act it it totally differently you know the husband's being abusive to his wife wife's not fulfilling the rights of looking after the kids properly whatever it may be the kids they, they react to that then mm. then religion becomes a joke for them as well that this is just something that we do when we're in the mosque or the church or a temple yeah. but if you're actually fully practicing your religion whatever it may be obviously we're talking from an Islamic point of view <clears throat> that has such a strong effect on the child whereas if you're just being like a part time religious person that you only pick and choose when you want to fulfill, fulfill these injunctions then that sadly doesn't really have much of an effect mm. but it's interesting with, with social media it's one of those things that um and again you're right it's a huge thing I think it's something And but again every era has its challenges exactly yeah. that's the only thing that's why we can't just blame like one thing like, I think every I think what social media has done is made a le- everyone a lot more sensitive and everyone a lot more wary and a bit softer in the sense that for example like we hear mental health like mm-hmm. something you've spoken about that's nothing new you mm. can't tell me like in the '90s they didn't know what mental health was. Mm. People were suffering then as well, but maybe their ways or the society at that time dealt with it in a different way. Where a bit more get, tolerable, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like so such a thing. Like it's in the media. Like if you don't do this, people are almost scared. Like everything that's happening now, people don't do the 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 right thing because it's the right thing to do. They do it out of fear of getting humiliated. Like on social media, there
4: will be. Sometimes they even do the wrong things in favor of humiliation. Like nowadays, with we know that well, we I don't know how openly we can speak about some of these things, but we do know that some things things that some yeah yeah. some some instructions that certain institutions are giving we 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 believe are wrong. But still, they're like too scared of what the the um you know the backlash will be on them if they don't fulfill those.
1: I think it's also a, a. Sorry, I was going
0: to say and there's even like because I've even been uh, so I, I practice as an imam and I had an opportunity to go to a secondary school um, it was almost like a religion day where they have different religious uh, representatives and I was there representing Islam there's a priest there for Christianity, Christianity uh, Hinduism Buddhism there was like different faiths being represented and believe me some of the questions I asked were all sensitive questions and me knowing what the other scriptures say I like for example I know what certain religions say about certain topics but the answers that their representatives were giving were s- totally against what their religion says mm. and it's it just s- they've said it in a way that's politically correct and that will please yeah, the crowd yeah. so this what I'm saying I think this is where religion again it's not you don't pick and choose it's not to please man it's to please God but if you understand the wisdom of it that's when you, you really progress. We're now going to just take our conversation to a clip. Do you want to introduce a clip?
4: So the a clip is just, um, I think it's maybe from a question and answer session, uh, I hope I'm not wrong, from uh, the fourth caliph, Azim Azatahir Ahmed, predecessor to the current caliph, And he was um, asked about this question about raising children and uh, what sort mm-hmm. of household uh, children should be brought up in. So we can listen to the clip where his holiness um Give some really, really powerful advice and comments on this.
3: Just behave naturally within the confines of Islamic teachings, and that's the best way of doing it. I've spoken on this subject different uh, at different times, with the emphasis on different areas of this question, according to the. Uh, context in which the question has been asked. Sometimes the British people ask this question, sometimes the Muslim, sometimes the Orientals and sometimes the Westerners. So they have their own different interests in the same question. So I try to answer them all, but the answer which I gave despite the different emphasis is basically the same. Which is to maintain ideal atmosphere of the family in the house and to attr- to create attraction in your family style so that the gravity, the center of gravity is always within the house, not outside. The family members, whoever they are, whether they are children, boys, girls or grown-ups, they return to the heaven of their house with a natural longing for it. As long as their outside is somehow tiresome. When they are back to home, that is peace. If this atmosphere is created and maintained, then no social problems can ever evolve from such a wonderful living of in a in an intact family structure. Moreover, an atmosphere of mutual love and not only love but mutual respect must be maintained. Allah Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam treated even small children with respect and also showed the same respect to his own slaves. So if you are respectful, loving and respectful generous and respectful to the younger generation but also also firm in discipline then this makes the ideal home and such generation as brought as are brought up in this atmosphere are a perfect balance between discipline and love and respect such ideal homes never see any disasters of uh, the younger generation having gone astray
0: that was his holiness the fourth caliph with some real powerful points and uh, before we discuss that we're going to introduce our next caller uh, regular listeners to voice of Islam will definitely recognize this voice he's um, a dear friend of ours Mr. Kyum Rashid Assalamualaikum, Alaykum brother Qayyum Interesting show. Can you hear us, you, brother Qum?
1: Can you hear me? Yes, we can, can hear you. Now. How are you? All, all good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Interesting show. Very good conversation.
0: Well, actually, it's inspired by your conversation
1: <laughs> <laughs> that we had a
0: couple of weeks ago.
1: We did, yes. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I just wanted to, I mean, listening, it's interesting listening, I just wanted to make one point. I mean, all of you gentlemen have talked about uh, um, different uh, aspects and different um, times of parenting. And one thing that has been common in, in most of the conversation has been finances, and it it's, it goes it connects with the conversation you had before, eleven o'clock, where you were talking about sacrifices, and uh, sacrifices are very important in parenting, um, and and in 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 today's world, the pressures that maybe the previous generation, maybe someone like myself, who's a dinosaur compared to you guys. Had uh, you know, had less pressures on us compared to uh, you guys because you guys are a lot younger. You guys are younger parents. Plus, one more thing is, in your conversations, you always, and it's it's this is just something that naturally happens nowadays. We we tend to we tend to separate. We we always say Islamic perspective. Well, life is Islamic. Islam is a way of life. Hmm. So we shouldn't separate god from what we do in everyday life yeah because everything we do in islam is kind of from the time we wake up in the morning we open our eyes to the time we go to sleep every single thing we do every aspect of our daily life has islam in it but if if the parent is practicing that and i'll give you a small example in this day and age we have friends when we were young we were doing it that you know you have a conversation and in fact this reminds me of of a clip that i was um kevin hart actually said he was sitting with a friend of his and he heard something shocking and the muslim friend and he was a muslim friend and instinctively he said jesus and kevin who said he goes him being a christian he found it funny that him being a staunch muslim yet the first thing that came into his mind was oh he said jesus christ It's the smallest things that start with when we say hello to someone. Instead of saying hello, we can say hello, peace be on you. If your children see you do that, when we're we're used to saying bye. Well, instead of saying, well, you can say bye, peace be on you too. It's the small things when your children will see you do that, it will become normal. We say, we, we use words like inshallah, mashallah, alhamdulillah in our daily, but we never say God willing, praise God. You know, it's, it's, we, we don't say it in our daily life because in, in our workplaces, we say, oh, hello, bye. And we ourselves as parents get used to this, whereas these are the most common things we, we do on a daily basis. And I was listening to your guest, uh, Brother Shoaib, who talked about environment. Well, parents are the ones who create the environment where the child is going to be brought up. You can't. You know, it, it's not the society, it's not the social media, it's you as parents who create that environment. And you have to remember one thing, you can't, when, when you teach, when you're teaching your children, the result of your teaching is not going to be immediate. Yep. The point is to instill something in the child's mind who might take some time yep. to learn and to adapt to it. Yeah. we live in a society where we expect quick results and if we don't see our children act on what we have said we we, we think like "Wow, we failed and because they're not doing it yeah it might take years look when uh, you know i'm i'm you know at my age I, I sometimes look back now and i think oh my god when my, my parents said this to them i didn't understand it then but i can see where they were coming from today because now my children are older yeah so but the thing is if the teaching is instilled in the child's mind, it will eventually uh, bear fruit. How do you answer a
0: very quick question? To, to, to if someone was to reply to that in the sense that you're almost manipulating your child to think a certain way, how do you answer that? For well, example... Like wha- what's
1: manipulation? Manipulation is what? Guidance. You see, what in today's day and age, if I was to say to my child, I want, to, I want you to become a doctor... I want you to become an engineer. Am I manipulating them? A child must need guidance. This notion that a child is able to make their own decision. Yes, yeah. of course they can. But guidance must always be there.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Guidance Adults need guidance, let alone kids.
1: Of course. You know, we, we in, in the society we're living, we, we give freedom. Um, even freedom has boundaries. Because when, when there are no boundaries, when there are no parameters that's anarchy mm. yep. and, and 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 you know yes we are we, we give our children the freedom to make their decision but they will make that decision based on the capacity and the capability of their thought process at that particular age yep.
5: that's that's a very good point this is why there's the, you may have heard of it there's the saying that every 15 year old thinks his dad is a fool until he becomes yes. a dad, but by then his fifteen year old thinks he's a fool. Highlighting yes. that actually when you're at that age, you don't actually have one, the life experiences or two, the capacity to understand what an you know, your father or your mother or someone mm-hmm. older than you has gone through via their through their experiences and they're teaching you that. Um and like the other the other thing I wanted to sort of touch upon was the the clip that was played. Um and you may have some comments on this as well is where his holiness um mentioned that we we should respect kids and i think we live in a society now mm-hmm. or at least we did you know back when i was young it was like to cocoon i think mo you mentioned to cocoon your child away from sort of areas which you think are bad but just having this yes. expectation on your child but actually when we see other kids we should if we think they're doing something wrong we should have respect for them because those are the very kids that are going to be going to school with our kids so we should treat others kids as other kids as well Mm -hmm. as well have some responsibility over them right not to judge them or label them because part of being a child and growing up through those experiences is to make your mistakes and do things wrong but not like we, I, I saw this Even growing up. Even as adults,
1: up. we make mistakes.
5: Yeah, exactly. I mistakes saw this growing up, just part being part judged. Exactly, being judged and being labeled. But actually, give respect to those kids because they're going through a, a phase of their life which is probably pretty difficult.
1: It is, without a doubt. And you see, look, th- this, and, and again, this, th- there's this misunderstanding I, I tend to find nowadays is. People think parenting is supposed to be easy.
5: Mm. Nobody
1: ever said it's supposed to be easy.
5: Yeah.
1: It's it's one of the most difficult tasks um, of, of of one's life as being as a parent. So challenges will always be there. The form of challenges will change with generation. That's just the way the world works. But the way you deal with them, and and, and from a uh, you know from from the Islamic way of life, we have been given guidance. As to what we teach, it's always been there. It's how we teach that changes. Yeah, but the substance will stay the same.
0: No, absolutely, brother Kim, Thank you so much for calling in. We're just reaching the end of the show. Thank you so much, and hopefully we will see you again or hear from you again very soon. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you so it's been a very um, like I said we're just reaching the end of the show now we only have a few minutes before um, we finish it's been a very interesting conversation um, but if I take anything away from it I feel like you know we spoke about uh, you mentioned it as well in terms of things that we instill in our children like little habits small small habits and I think one of the biggest weaknesses even religious people have is sometimes we feel that just because we can't see god we're not in his presence and he's not seeing and observing everything that we're doing and i think that little thing then leads us to sometimes like doing going one extra step kind of into doing something wrong and i feel that element of the existence of god into a child not forcefully like small small things to the extent where he can when he he or she when they grow up they can question it and find their own proofs, yeah. but ultimately it comes down to that: that we are this like life that we're living in now, regardless of what era we're living in, it's a temporary abode for us, and our ultimate goal is to be in the presence of God in the next. And we we said that prayer as well that we mentioned. We started with this prayer. We'll end with this prayer. The prayer is: "Rabbana fid dunya, hasanatan wa fil hasanatan wa O Oh God, grant us the good in this life as well as The good in the hereafter meaning that we want to take what's good in this life um, and understand the beauty of what our real responsibilities are and that is not just fulfilling the rights of God but fulfilling the rights of mankind as well and we need to instill that into our children as well and I think again this this is such a broad topic there's so many things that I wanted to mention that we, we didn't get to mention maybe we can continue the conversation in some future programs we'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in for today's saturday morning live we'd like to thank all of those people who messaged in or um, who called us and were part of the show until next time see you next week assalamualaikum warahmatullahi barakatuhu.